Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. Will you please open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 5? And we are going to continue to study this fifth chapter. And in this ministry meeting, we will conclude with the second half of Daniel chapter 5. The verses that I will be reading now will be verses 17 to 31. And really, the topic of this message is the meaning of the writing on the wall. And so I'm reading from verse 17 of Daniel chapter 5. And so we read, Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself, and give thy reward to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king, and make known to him the interpretation. O thou king, the Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom, and majesty, and glory, and honor. And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, languages, trembled and filled before him, whom he would he slew, and whom he would he kept alive, and whom he would he set up, and whom he would he put down. But when his heart was lifted up, and his mind Hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him, and he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beasts, and his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that a most high God ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he appointed over it whomsoever he will. And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords and thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know. And the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Hufarsin. This is the interpretation of the thing. Many, God has numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and are found wanting. Paris, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persian. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet, 
and put chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. In that night was Belshazzar the king of the Kaladins slain, and Darius the Midian took the kingdom being about threescore and two years old. Beloved brothers and sisters, these interesting verses are really a continuation of the first 16 verses of Daniel chapter 5. To remind you that in this fifth chapter, which happened long after the end of chapter 4, where Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, have experienced the disciplinary actions of God against him because of his pride. Years have passed by, and in chapter 5, now we have arrived to 539 B.C. Again, to remind you, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, that Belshazzar was co-reigning with his father, Nabonidus. And he reigned over the city of Babylon for about 14 years. Now, when we arrive to the year of 539, the Mede and Persian armies were surrounding the city of Babylon. For one reason or another, Belshazzar, being a king that was worshipping idols, and a proud king, a king that was careless, not realizing the importance of not dishonoring the God of heaven, the God who have granted to his father the Babylonian kingdom and the rule over the, the whole world, this king Belshazzar, whose actually grandfather was the one that received it, a kingdom of Babylon, now he is ruling over the city of Babylon in pride, as we read in verse 1, he made a great feast to the thousand of his lord. And of course we read, that he drank wine before the thousand. To remind you that Belshazzar then took the wine, drank of the wine, but did worse. He requested that the golden and silver vessels that his grandfather, here we read the word father, but it is really his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, brought from the city of Jerusalem when he carried the Jewish people to the land of Shinar to Babylon, now Belshazzar made his great feast. And as we have already read, in chapter 5 and verse 4, he drank the wine, him and his wives and his concubines and his princes, and what does he do? He praised the gods of gold and silver and brass and iron and wood and stone using the vessels that to be set apart for God's people use in the temple in the city of Jerusalem. Well, at the same time, beloved brothers and sisters, if you remember, God himself have dealt with Belshazzar. The same hour we read in verse 5 of this chapter, came forth fingers of a man's hand, and wrote over against the candlesticks upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. And then, if you remember, we read in verses 6 on how the king was shaking. This proud man, Belshazzar, the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, the son of Nebonidus, in his pride now, Mocking, we can see the God of heaven, the God of Israel, getting drunken, worshipping false God, worshipping idols, and then all of a sudden everything changed. 
seeing that hand, the handwriting on the wall, his countenance was changed, his thoughts troubled him, his joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against another. He was shaking. And then, of course, he called all the wise men of Babylon, asking them to read what was written on the wall, but they couldn't. And then he was even more afraid until the queen, verse 10, that is his mother, Nitoris, that she came, she was the daughter of Nebuchadnezzar, she was his mother, she was the queen, and she came and she told him that there is a man in his kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy gods is. And then she pointed to this one man by the name of Daniel. And as we have already mentioned, since time has passed by, Daniel by this time is over 80 years of age. He was taken in 605 BC as a young teenager, we might say. We do not know the exact age, but he was taken from Yerushalayim, from Judea, at 605 BC, and by now, 539, many years have passed by. And here Daniel is now called to come before King Belshazzar. Now, King Belshazzar, as we have already learned from the previous message in verses 13 to 16, Daniel appears now before the king, and here we see the promise of that king. About 60 years or 66 years have passed by since 605 BC. And if you add the teenage years together, Daniel is about 80, 85 years old. And he's now as an older man standing before Belshazzar. And now, beloved brothers and sisters, Belshazzar the king says, I have heard of you. I have heard of you after his mother told him of Daniel. And he must have heard, but forgotten, because time has passed by. Daniel was not longer, for one reason or another, in that position that Belshazzar's grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, placed him in the early days. But now we can see that he's standing before the king, and the king Belshazzar making promises to Daniel. He asked him to read the writings that was on the wall. He is asking him to provide for him the interpretation, and also he made a promise that if you can read the writing, and if you can make the interpretation known unto me, you shall be clothed with scarlet, and a chain of gold will be given unto you, will be placed on your neck, and you shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Once again, we are reminding ourselves that the reason that King Belshazzar using the word the, the third ruler in the kingdom because he was the second co-reigning, co-regent over the city of Babylon with his father Nabonidus, who was the son-in-law of King Nebuchadnezzar, the husband of Nitochris, which was the queen here in this fifth chapter the mother of Belshazzar. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, from here on, verse 17, we learn of the response of Daniel to King Belshazzar. You notice a few things here in these verses 17 to 31. Number one, we see Daniel's response to King Belshazzar, verses 17 to 24. Secondly, we see Daniel read the writings of the wall and give Belshazzar the interpretation. This is verse 25 to 28. And finally, in verses 29 to 31, King Belshazzar elevate Daniel, and then at that very same night he was killed by the Medo-Persians army. And so we read in verses 17 to 24, the response of Daniel. You notice in verse 17, Daniel, he answered and he said before the king, Let thy gift be to thyself, and give thy reward to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king, and make known to him the interpretation. You notice that 
Daniel did not look for any gifts from that wicked king. Daniel said, Let thy gift be to yourself, and all the rewards give to another. I don't need what you offer me. In other words, Daniel did not expect from Belshazzar to give him all the gifts and place him in a higher position. You notice when it comes to King Nebuchadnezzar, when King Nebuchadnezzar had a need concerning the interpretation of the dream of the huge tree which he dreamt, Daniel cared for Nebuchadnezzar because he was serving him for many years. And Daniel could see that Nebuchadnezzar was appointed by God, and yet he cared for Nebuchadnezzar, and therefore when he was requested to give the interpretation to King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel spoke completely different when he spoke to Belshazzar. You notice what we read about Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4 and verse 19b, Daniel said, My Lord, the dream be to them that hates thee, and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. Apparently, Daniel built a relationship with King Nebuchadnezzar, but here we see his grandson, who is abusing the privileges that he received to be co-reigning with his father, Nebonidus, and mocking the God of Israel by taking the vessels that belong to the temple in Yerushalayim, a drinking of them with his princes, with the plurality of wives, with the plurality of concubines, and not only so, praising the gods, the idols of gold, silver, brass, iron, wood, and stone. And Daniel now saying to him, no, no, no. Let your gift be to yourself. Keep them. And let your reward be given to another. Yet I will read to you the writings of the wall, and I will also make unto you the interpretation known. And so in verses 18 and 19, as Daniel prepared to read the writing on the wall, Daniel is reminding Belshazzar of the position which God have allowed him and grant to his grandfather initially. Notice what we read in verses 18 and 19. O thou king, the Most High God gave, notice the word gave, Nebuchadnezzar thy father, a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. Verse 19, and for the majesty that he gave, notice once again the word gave, that he gave him all people, nations and languages, trembled and feared before him, whom he would he slew, and whom he would he kept alive, and whom he would he set up, and whom he would he put down. Daniel is refreshing, you might say, the mind of Belshazzar about his grandfather, how God had given unto him the position that he had. In other words, Belshazzar, you have to realize, you have to remember that the very fact that your grandfather and then your father and now you are in that position is because God is the one that has given to you this position. And Nebuchadnezzar was a monarch. He was, if to remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, as we learn together, of the dream that he dreamt in the second chapter that represent the times of the Gentiles, the period of time that began when the kingdom was taken away from the people of Israel because of disobedience to the Lord and handed over to the Gentile world that will begin with Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and will end at the end of the tribulation period at the second coming of the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, who will come at the end of the tribulation days, during which time Israel, the nation, will receive back the kingdom that was theirs, which they lost because of disobedience. 
And to remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, we read in the scripture in chapter 1 of Daniel in verses 1 and 2, in the third year of the reign of Joachim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave, notice that, Joachim, king of Judah, into his hand with parts of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinau to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels, the treasure house of his God. So in other words, God gave Nebuchadnezzar the people of Israel. God gave Nebuchadnezzar the king of Israel. God gave Joachim, the king of Judah, and God gave the vessels for Nebuchadnezzar to take. Also, we did read in chapter 2 of Daniel, and there, beloved brothers and sisters, we also read how God have set Nebuchadnezzar in such a high position. In chapter 2, verse 37 and 38, Daniel said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Thou, O king, art king of kings. For the God of heaven hath given, notice the word given, thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beast of the field and the fowls of the heaven he has given into thine hand and has made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. Beloved brothers and sisters, God as a sovereign God had given King Nebuchadnezzar to begin the times of the Gentile. Thou art this head of gold. And that was in the plan and the program of God. So Daniel refreshed the mind, the memory of King Belshazzar, the grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar, with an historical fact that God gave all these things to King Nebuchadnezzar, his grandfather. Notice the things that we read here that whom he would, he slew. Can you imagine? And whom he would, he kept alive. And whom he would, he would set up, and whom he would, he would put down. In other words, God have allowed King Nebuchadnezzar to have power beyond measure. If you want, you slay someone. If you want, you kill someone. If you want, you set up someone, and if you want, you set him down. It's almost like he made him a god, small g here, over the kingdom of Babylon. Amazing. And when you think about it, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friend, how amazing that God placed you and me in various positions here in this world. And how easy it is for us to receive the gifts of God, but not to realize that it came from Him and to remember this the rest of our life. You see, the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 17, James Yaakov said to the early Hebrew believers to whom he ministered, he said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So every good and every perfect gift is from above, and it came down from the Father of light. God gave gifts to men. God gave you and I everything. That we have, it's a gift of God. Nebuchadnezzar received the highest position here during the times of the Gentiles. And so, now that he reminded Belshazzar of the gifts which his grandfather Nebuchadnezzar had received from God, then in verse 20 of our chapter, Nebuchadnezzar is presented by Daniel as the one that grew in pride. And that led him 
to fall. You notice that? Two words are mentioned here in verse 28. But when his heart was lifted up, and his mind hardened in pride. Notice this, beloved brothers and sisters, the heart and the mind. The heart is where the affection comes out. The mind is where the thoughts and the information is entered into ourselves. And, and here Nebuchadnezzar's heart was lifted up and his mind was hardened in pride. This is fascinating. You see, remember, beloved brothers and sisters, we are oftentimes are reminded of the need to be broken before the Lord and not to have this pride. To remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, how actually sin came into the world. Do you remember how in Isaiah chapter 14 we read of Lucifer, who was the one that is called the son of the morning, Isaiah 14, we read about Lucifer, who really became the enemy of God, Satan. How are thy falling from heaven, O Lucifer? This is verse 12 of Isaiah 14, son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst waken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. My dear beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, this is what Lucifer, the angel that was created to serve the living God, that what he had in his heart. I want to have God's authority. I want to rule over all angels. I want to be the king over the coming kingdom. I want to receive all glory. I want to be the possessor of the heavens and earth. That's what he said in these five eyes in Isaiah 14, verses 12, 13, and 14. And yet, immediately we read in verse 15, Yet thou had been brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. In other words, God have brought him down. Pride comes before a fall, beloved brothers and sisters. And so, because King Nebuchadnezzar's pride, Daniel is reminding his grandson Belshazzar of that pride that his grandfather was elevating himself his heart was lifted up, and his mind was hardened in pride. And then Daniel say the next thing about Belshazzar's grandfather Nebuchadnezzar, he points to consequence of Nebuchadnezzar's pride. And so notice that verse 20b and verse 21, we have the sevenfold judgments of God upon Nebuchadnezzar, which Daniel is reminding Belshazzar of what happened to his grandfather. And so we read in verse 20b, He was deposed from his kingly throne. They took his glory from him. He was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like the beasts. His dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven. So you notice, beloved brothers and sisters, these seven 
fold judgment that fell upon King Nebuchadnezzar, which Daniel is now reminding Belshazzar, who is the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, with the judgment of God that fell upon Nebuchadnezzar, his grandfather, because his heart was lifted up and his mind was hardened in pride. And beloved brothers and sisters, what a principle for us all to learn as we study here what Daniel is sharing with King Belshazzar. This is fascinating. You see, in the book of Proverbs, King Solomon, who also fell because of his own pride, we read that he mentioned more than once concerning pride. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, beloved brothers and sisters. Chapter 16, there we read again in verse 5, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Again, I'm repeating this, verse 5a of Proverbs chapter 16, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. We continue in the very same chapter, in verse 18, of Proverbs 16, pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. What a principle! What a principle that we need the grace of God, all of us, to learn. But as we mentioned before, it seems to be that pride dies last. We are struggling, even as believers in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, during these days, That's why we often find ourselves in a sad condition spiritually because pride die last even among God's people and we constantly need to judge pride in our lives. Notice what we read in chapter 29 of the book of Proverbs. There, notice we read in verse 23. A man's pride shall bring him low. A man's pride shall bring him low. But, on the other hand, honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. That's why Peter and James said, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. But that's what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. And that is that which will just now, we will learn what will happen to Belshazzar, his grandson. And so Daniel, in chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, reminding Belshazzar of the gift that God gave his grandfather, how he elevated him and gave him the position of being the head of gold in the image, which would be the first monarch in the Babylonian kingdom during the times of the Gentiles. Then he reminded Belshazzar of the pride of his grandfather, that his heart was lifted up and his mind was hardened. And then thirdly, he told him, Daniel now points to the consequence of Nebuchadnezzar's pride, sevenfold judgment of God, as we have read them in verse 20b and verse 21. He was deposed. His glory was taken from him. He was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like a beast. He became a madman. His dwelling was with the wild asses. He was fed grass like an ox. And then his body was wet with the dew of heaven. These sevenfold judgment that we see here in this chapter. Let me just remind you, if you will go please to chapter 4 of Daniel, verse 33 and 34, there we read, at the same hour, when the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and he did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet, and the dew of heaven uh, from the dew of heaven, until, notice that it said, till his hairs were grown like eagles' feathers, and his nails like 
a bird's claws. In other words, beloved brothers and sisters, according to chapter 4, when the Boradnezer was judged by God, according to the verses that we have read, he was judged by God and he really uh, became like a madman. To remind you that he have entered into a condition called bonatropia or bonotrophy, which is really psychological disorder in which the one who suffered believed that he was like a cow or an ox. And that's why we read that he lived outdoor and he was judged by the God who placed him initially in such a higher position. And now Daniel is turning to Belshazzar. And you notice what we read, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 22, 23, and 24, Daniel is now turning to King Belshazzar and he's charging him because of his own sinful behavior in this 539 BC during this day when he made this great feast to a thousand of his Lord. And you notice what Daniel is saying to Belshazzar. Notice he said to him in verse 22, first of all, and thou, his son, actually, you are his grandson. You, who knew all this, you, his grandson, you, his son, his grandson, O Belshazzar, you have not humbled thine heart, though you knew it, all this we read in verse 22. In other words, see, Daniel is now over eight years old. He's an older man now. He's telling to this king, Belshazzar, He's telling to him, you see, old Belshazzar, you knew all this, but you didn't humble yourself. You see, my dear friend, what a lesson we learn here. That knowing the necessity to be humble before God and neglecting to be so willfully will bring destruction upon all who do so, sooner or later. God will not be mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. God is declaring this in his word. That man who will mock God, he will ultimately come to his end. God is holy and he will judge sin. And especially when pride rises, God resists the proud, but give grace unto the humble. Notice what the apostle Shaul Paul said to the Galatians. They were believers. They were children of God. He's not only speaking to unbelievers, he's speaking now to believers in our Lord Jesus the Messiah with part of the body of Christ who belong to a local assembly or assemblies at large, Galatian assemblies. He said to them in verse 7, Be not deceived. Galatians 6, 7, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He is quoting what the Proverbs tells us in Proverbs chapter 22. God is not going to be mocked, whatsoever a man is sowing, he will also reap. Well, Belshazzar, Daniel chapter 5, he said to him, you, his son, verse 22, you did not humble your heart, though you knew all this. In fact, he continued and he said in verse 23, notice in verse 23, he said, not only that you did not humble your heart, but even worse, in verse 23, you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven. And even more, in verse 23, the next portion, they, this is those his servant, they have brought the vessels of his house, this is God's house, the Lord's house, Jehovah's house in Jerusalem, they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords and thy wives and thy concubines have drank wine in them. In other words, you defiled the vessels that was brought from the city of Yerushalayim, which were once used by the people of Israel 
to the service of the Lord, the service of the in the temple. Beloved brothers and sisters, can you imagine the behavior of these men, of these mere men, though a king in a great position, in a high position, he was really mocking God. You see, these vessels initially, when they among the people of Israel, during the time when Israel was called to serve the Lord, even on the way from Egypt to the land when the tabernacle was built, we read in Exodus chapter 40 and verse 9, Thou shalt take an anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle. This is Beit HaMikdash. This is the, the tabernacle. This is the place where God dwelled, and in all that is therein, and shall hallow it, and all the vessels thereof, and it shall be holy. Even the vessels had to be sanctified and hallowed, set apart for the service in the tabernacle, in Ohel Amu'ed in Hebrew, that they were to be set apart, the vessels were off, and it shall be holy. In other words, these vessels were allowed by God to be taken to Babylon, but they were to be set apart for the service of the true and living God. But what Belshazzar did, you knew that, you did not humble your heart, you lifted yourself against the Lord of heaven, you asked that they will bring to you the vessels of his house before you, and not only this, you and your lords and your wives and your concubines have drank wine in them. And notice what Daniel is saying to Belshazzar in verse 33 at the end. You have praised the gods of silver and gold and brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, no, no. In other words, you use these vessels, getting drunk, having all these parties there before the thousand of your lords, getting drunk there and praising the gods, the idols that made out of silver, gold, brass, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see, neither do they hear, nor they know anything. Notice he continued at the end of verse 23, Daniel is emphasizing the evil activity of Belshazzar, specifically during this day when it was coming the end of the Babylonian kingdom, and the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. Beloved brothers and sisters, that's what the charge that Daniel place before King Belshazzar to remind us, beloved brothers and sisters, that in the book of Genesis, in chapter 2 and verse 7, when God created men, we read in verse 7, And the Lord God formed men of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and men became a living soul. In other words, Belshazzar was merely a man whose breath is in the hand of the Lord and whose ways are all in the hand of the Lord. His life is in the hand of God. You remember that Apostle Paul said to the people at Mars Hill at Athens, he pointed to the fact that the living God the unknown God, in Acts 17, verse 28, he said to them, to those again who worship idols, for in him we live and move and have our beings. In other words, our life is in the hands of the Lord. Every breath that you and I are taking, beloved brothers and sisters, is given to us from God. And yet, Belshazzar mocked God, mocked the vessels of God, and mocked all that which was of the Lord, and then honored or praised idols in pride and arrogance. Doesn't it remind us of what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 18? 
For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. They have conscience. For God has showed unto them, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. This is creation. Man has conscience inside and creation outside being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Belshazzar, you are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, Paul continued to say in Romans 1.21, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible men and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And then we read in verse 24, Wherefore God also gave them up. In other words, beloved brothers and sisters, it is unbelievable what we learn from the word, unimaginable of the coming judgment that will fall upon Belshazzar as Daniel prepare him for that judgment. And so we continue to read now. After he Daniel presented before Belshazzar all this, that he was proud and arrogant, and he didn't remind himself of what happened to his grandfather. Then he told him, this is why the part of the hand was sent from him. This is from the God of Israel, from the God of heaven. And this writing was written. So, Belshazzar, because of your pride, because what you have done, because you didn't remember what happened to your grandfather, the God of Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, the God of Israel, have humbled him for these seven years, and you did not remember that, yet you continue in your own way. Then this writing came upon the wall. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, after mentioning this to Belshazzar in verse 22, 23, and 24, then in verse 25 to 28, Daniel now read the writing on the wall, and then he gives Belshazzar the interpretation thereof. And notice that what we read. In verse 25, the writing that was written on the wall. We read, and this is the writing that was written. That, of course, take us back to verse 5, where we read, In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand, and wrote over against the candlesticks upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw the part of the hand that wrought. So now Daniel is telling Belshazzar what was written on the wall. And he said in verse 25, he says, This is the writing that was written, Mene, Mene, Tekel Ufarsin. These names are really measures of weights. In other words, they are measured. The word Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parsin are really giving to us measures of weight. And you notice how interesting because in verse 25 we have the whole line Mene, Mene, the word Mene repeated twice. Tekel is the second word, and parsin, and ufarsin, is the third word. And it is interesting because the word mene is the Aramaic word of the Hebrew word mane, which is simply means portion. Mana in Hebrew is a portion. And uh, secondly, tekel, it's the Aramaic for the Hebrew word shekel, 
the money that is used in biblical days, the shekel. And then thirdly, a peres or ufarsin, the word u is in, is another word, is a connecting word, and parsin is the word force in the Aramaic and the Hebrew meaning is to cut or to divide. And the word sin, I N at the end, is like I am in Hebrew, it's a plurality. In other words, mene mene tekel u parsin, Daniel gives Belshazzar the interpretation of these three words. The first word is repeated twice. This is the interpretation of the thing in verse 26. Mene, God has numbered thy kingdom and finish it. Another word of saying it, God have counted the length of your kingdom and the word and finished it mean an appointed a time in which it will come to an end. And then verse 27, Tekel, thou art weighed in the balance and are found wanting. In other words, the measure of a shekel, the way of the value of a shekel, made out of silver or so, the weight of it, you, Belshazzar, you were weighed in the balance of God's requirement from you, Belshazzar, but you were found lacking. You didn't measure to that which God expected from you. And then thirdly, notice he used the word Paris in verse 28, which is really the singular of what we read in verse 25, Uparsin, it's a plural. And he continues and he says, And Paris is thy kingdom is divided. The word Lifos in Hebrew or Paras in Aramaic as well as in Hebrew mean to cut, to divide. And your kingdom is now divided and given unto the Medes and Persian. And the word Paras is also the name of the nation, the Persian, Paras. And so really, beloved brothers and sisters, these words which present before us measures of weight is telling us what will happen to Belshazzar. In other words, if we will read it this way, Mene, Mene, so the word Mene repeated twice, Mene counted, and the second Mene appointed. God has counted the number of the years of the kingdom of Babylon and appointed an end to it. And indeed, the end to it came right here and now, this 539 BC, when Belshazzar was having this drunken feast and the Medo-Persians surrounding the city of Babylon ready to take the city over. And then the second word, Tekel, come from the Hebrew word Shekel, you are weighed as a shekel in a way, and you were found insufficient. That's what he's saying to him in verse 27. Thou have been weighed in the balances. This is the, the weight scale, and you have been found wanting. You have been found insufficient. Didn't rise to God's expectation from you. And then thirdly, the final word, the word Paris is your kingdom will be sliced or divided and will be given to Persia, to Paras, to the Medes and the Persian. So the words, the writing on the wall was a judgment that God pronounced upon Belshazzar. And this judgment that was pronounced upon King Belshazzar will bring an end to the kingdom of Babylon. Let me just remind you that according to the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 27, we have read this before, but it is good to see it because Jeremiah prophesied by the word of the Lord to the people of Israel concerning that which will be allowed by God to be given to the Babylonian kingdom. 
We read in Jeremiah chapter 27 and verse 5 these words. God says to Jeremiah and to the nation of Israel, I have made the earth, the men and the beasts that are upon the ground. By my great power and by my outstretched arm. And notice that he continued in verse 5, And have given it unto whom it seemed meet to me. And then he continued to speak through Jeremiah in verse 6. And now have I given all these lands unto the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And he continued to say, He's my servant. So in other words, Nebuchadnezzar became a servant for God as God wanted to use him. And then he said, after that, and the beast of the field have I given him also to serve him. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar became a supreme ruler. In fact, as we have already read in the second chapter, that God had given to Nebuchadnezzar the kingdom, as Daniel have already, a universal dominion, Daniel mentioned concerning Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was that head of gold that began the times of the Gentiles. But then notice what we read in verse 7, that Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian kingdom will come to an end. He said in verse 7, All nations shall serve him, this is Nebuchadnezzar, and his son, this is Nabonidus, the son-in-law of Nebuchadnezzar, who is the father of this king Belshazzar of Daniel 5, and his son's son, until the very time of his land come. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar, Nabonidus, Belshazzar will be the only three people that are mentioned here in Jeremiah chapter 27. Now, mind you, there were others who reigned before Nabonidus, but they are not mentioned because the three individuals here are mentioned in Jeremiah chapter 27, Nebuchadnezzar, Nabonidus, and Belshazzar. And then we read until the very time of his land come, and then many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of him. And here we have the end of Belshazzar, which is mentioned to us here in Daniel chapter 5. And so let us please go back to our chapter. And you notice, beloved brothers and sisters, verse 25, 26, 27, and 28, here is the writing on the wall and their interpretation of the writing of the wall. Mene, mene, tekel, ufarsin. In really, in Hebrew, it is mane, mane, shekel, uparsim, with m at the end, plural. Then the interpretation, verse 26, 27, and 28, where we do read, beloved brothers and sisters, concerning the interpretation, Daniel is giving the interpretation. God has counted the number of the years of your kingdom and appointed its end. Tekel, you are weighed as a shekel is weighed, and you are found insufficient. And Paris, your kingdom will be sliced and divided and be given unto the mid and the Persian, unto the Paris, Paras. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, here is the interpretation that was given to Belshazzar by Daniel the prophet. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, as we are drawn towards the end, and again remember that here God is clearly through Daniel showing to Belshazzar that this is the end of your kingdom, because the end will come very shortly. Now, notice that. Belshazzar now seeking to fulfill what he promised to Daniel. Now that he received the reading of the writing on the wall, he received the interpretation from him. Verse 29, he is now placing Daniel as third 
in the kingdom. It will not be for too long. It may be for a couple hours. Because we read, Then commanded Belshazzar, and they closed Daniel with scarlet, and they put chain of gold about his neck, and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. This is in the kingdom of Babylon. But, beloved brothers and sisters, at the very same night, notice verse 30, in that night, the very same night, where he made this great feast to a thousand of his lord, and got drunken, and abused the vessels of God's house, and mocked God, and worshipped and praised the gods that were made out of gold, silver, brass, iron, wood, and stone, at the very same night where the writing on the wall came, here is the judgment of God. Notice what we read in verse 30. In that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, this is the Babylonian, was slain. The very same night. 539 BC sometime at the fall, September, October, King Belshazzar, the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, was slain by the Medes and the Persians. And history said that the Medes and Persian armies were surrounding the city of Babylon by the Euphrates River that was surrounding the city in order to protect the city. So what did the um, armies of the Medes and the Persian do? They dug a canal underneath and they diverted the waters that surrounded the walls of the city of Babylon. Then what happened, the water that was surrounding the city was lowered underneath the huge walls of Babylon and as the waters that came from the Euphrates River was lowered then the armies of the Medo-Persians have entered into the city of Babylon they captured the city and ultimately slain King Belshazzar and that was the end of the Babylonian kingdom at 539 BCE. And so we read at the end, beloved brothers and sisters, verse 31, And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old, about sixty-two years of age. And from there on, beloved brothers and sisters, the Medo-Persian Empire began its ruling. And to remind you one more time, as we have studied together in chapter 2 concerning the image which Nebuchadnezzar dreamed. And then Daniel at that time gave Belshazzar the dream and its interpretation. And I'm just going to read one more time Daniel 2 verses 31, 32 to verse 35. Thou, O king, sowest and behold a great image, this great image whose brightness was excellent stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image head was of fine gold, his breast and his arm of silver, his belly and his thigh of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Verse 34. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. Then was the iron and the clay and the brass and the silver and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Now, beloved brothers and sisters, this is the dream that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed concerning the times of the Gentiles. But you notice that the head of gold, the, the Babylonian kingdom came to its end. And here at 539 B.C. came the end 
of the Babylonian kingdom when King Belshazzar, the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, was slain according to chapter 5 and verse 30. In that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, we come to the conclusion of Daniel chapter 5, and it is fascinating to see that God is fulfilling His plan and His program come to fruition. The Babylonian kingdom came to an end, and as we continue on, we will learn some more lessons concerning the Medo-Persian kingdom. And so, God bless you, my dear friend. May the Lord help us to learn that pride cometh before fall, but also that God's plan will come to fruition. Mene, mene, tekel, ufar, sin. God has numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Thou art weighed in the balance and art found wanting. Thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. May God bless his word and may God encourage us to continue to follow after him and after the person of our Lord Jesus the Messiah who loved us and gave himself for us. Until the next time, beloved brothers and sisters, we say Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.